Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? It's hard to get um, everyone together sometimes, and in fact, that's why we're up here today. We had a, a confirmation service, oh, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, and Brant wasn't able to be here, so 
we're going to give him an opportunity to be able to be in front of you and, and publicly affirm his belief in Jesus in front of all of us. And um, I told him that people will be staring at him. I joked that he'd have to do a solo and sing. Then he started sweating, and it, it's not that bad. It's going to be simple, okay? So I have a bunch of questions to ask Brent. And um, all right, your faith in Jesus. We're going to talk about this, right? Do you this day, in the presence of God and this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? If so, answer, I do. Do you renounce the devil? If so, answer, I renounce them. Do you renounce all his works? Then answer, I renounce them. Now, as um, believers in Jesus... Um, I didn't give them a heads up, but uh, the Apostles' Creed is a beautiful summary of the Christian faith. And it, it wasn't um, written by the Apostles, but it is a beautiful summary of that Christian faith. So we're going to put it up on the screen, and we're going to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so let's share this out loud together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so just a couple questions for you, Brent, about your faith and your faith life. As you professed your faith in Jesus, right, and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, do you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God given to people like you and me so we can get to know God and follow him? If so, answer, I do. Now your faith life. Will you be faithful in the gifts and abilities that God has given you? Uh, the gift of worship, the gift of studying God's word, and then using whatever abilities and gifts God's given you. Will you use those faithfully? If so, answer, I will with the help of God. May God give you the love and faith to keep doing this um, faithfully to him all the way through your life. And as we continue down the service, there's a Bible verse that you had picked that Greg is going to share. Yeah, Brent, the confirmation verse you chose is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Brent, uh, that scripture from Joshua chapter 1.9 is very important, not just today as you uh, publicly affirm your faith in Jesus, but each and every day. And God says, I'm going to walk with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And because of that, you can be courageous and bold in your witness for him. May God give you the faith each and every day to live for him, all for his glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's give thanks to God for his affirmation of faith. Let's stand as we continue to sing. No excuse Cause broken people are Exactly 
After a song like that, it's hard to be seated, but uh, want to take us on a journey. Uh, that song talks about having faith, just like a whole bunch of other people who've gone before us. But the truth is, because we're sinners, because we fall short, we're not always faithful. Sometimes we're even faithless. So let's go to our Lord and confess that. Oh, good and gracious God, we do come to you because we need you. You understand your creation. You understand every breath we take. You understand um, our sin and how that separates us from you. Lord, we confess that too many times we are not faithful. Too many times we decide to do our own thing and go our own way and not listen to your word. So we thank you today and we give you all the honor and the praise because you have seen our, our sin and you responded in a way only you can respond. You sent your son, your only son. And we thank you that by his death, sin has been taken care of. By his resurrection, we have forgiveness and life with you. You are so good, so gracious, so merciful. And we thank you for being at work in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And that is a truth that I hope you can hold on to, not just when we, quote, confess our sins and you hear the word of forgiveness, but even when you walk out through these doors a little bit, that you hold on to that grace and that mercy of Jesus. Because we live in a pretty crazy world and it tells us all sorts of untruths. But the one truth we're going to hold on to is we're forgiven because of Jesus and we can live life with joy because of him too. May God grant us such a faith. All right, a couple things. Uh, first off, we are so glad you're with us in worship. I notice we have some guests here. Glad you're with us in worship. Invite you to come back. Uh, but we do want to know that you're here. And in this COVID world, uh, you can text 1C guest to 94,000. And that lets us know you're here, and then we can reach out to you and communicate with you. If you'd rather, you can actually stop at Next Steps, which is in the family gathering area, and we'd like to meet you and greet you there as well, and we have, we have a gift for you there. Uh, also, if you're here today and you have a prayer request and you'd like it included in worship today, you can text uh, to 402-242-5051. Uh, whatever your prayer um, need is. Maybe it's a prayer of thanksgiving, maybe it's a prayer of concern, and we'll include it in worship today. And if you're on Facebook Live today, you can put into the comments section your prayer request, and we'll include that in our time of worship. And one thing that I've been saying um, pretty much every week, 
I believe God has given us gifts, abilities, and talents. And God's desire is that we would use those ultimately for his glory and to bless other people. So please give time to, to talk to your Lord and say, okay, God, what gifts have you given me? How can I use them to show my love for you in my thanksgiving? So if you would, please prayerfully consider that as well. And last but not least, uh, we have in our worship in just a little bit, we're going to have uh, Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. And let me just tell you what we believe as a church body. We believe that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was in an upper room, and he was celebrating the Passover meal. And it's something God had, had told his people to, to keep celebrating, keep remembering. But he did something different. In fact, when he took the bread and he took the wine, he said, this is my body, this is my blood for the forgiveness of sins. So here at 1C, we believe it is bread and wine, yes, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if this is your faith and this is what you believe, uh, we invite you, in fact, we encourage you to celebrate this meal with us. So if you did not pick this up on the way in, during the next song, feel free to make your way into family gathering area by the kitchen window, and someone will be there to, to uh, give you the elements for communion. Again, may God continue to bless us as we worship him who is so loving and kind. Amen.
No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you thinking about us and how we as Christians are a lot like firefighters. We gather together in this building like firefighters gather together in their fire station and we work out together. We get stronger together. We train together. We eat together so that we're filled up and ready for the work ahead of us. And then when the alarm goes off, we are sent out to help people who need help just like the firefighters in this video. Okay, this is it. We're going out. First call, time to be a hero. Brennan, come on, let's go get this. Get this. Heroes. Rook. Yeah. Hold on there, Rook. We're not going out on this one. Why, why not? We're not ready. We're not. No, we're not. Just go back to bed. I'll let you know. All right, go on. We're training. No, no, no. The, the alarm. We're just training. Go. Go. We're training. Do it. Go. No, 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 no. Not until this place is spotless. Let's go. Keep working out. We're not strong enough yet. No, 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 not yet. It's not a good time. Not a good time. Hey, come on, the fajitas will burn. Calm down. Hey. Oh, I just got comfortable. Somebody shut that thing off. It's the best part. Nope. No, no, no. Nope, nope. No, no, it's not safe. I'm not feeling it. Not safe? Seriously? We're firefighters. Slow down there, overachiever. We don't even know if people out there like firefighters. I'm not feeling called. I'm not feeling it. People are dying out there. People die every day, rookie. Don't you think something's wrong here? I mean, isn't it strange that we're a fire station? We don't even put out fires? Nope. this one. There's other stations. Come on, it's right next door. Hey, if they want our help, they come and ask us. Well, we go over there acting like we're the big shots. We got all the answers. But, hey, they may not even want our help. Help me! Hey, they could be talking to anyone. You firefighters, help me! I gotta catch this call here.
Wait a minute. Those firefighters never left the comfort of their fire station. They didn't go help anybody. That is not what we're supposed to be like. You know what? Jesus is a better example of what we're supposed to be like. Jesus left the comfort of heaven to come to earth, and he stepped into our fire to pull us out and to rescue us. And you know what? Jesus invites us to join him in helping others too. Let's be more like Jesus and not like those firefighters. Will you pray with me? Let's fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, help us to hear the call on our lives to show other people your great love for us. Amen. Have a great day, boys and girls. Twelve long weeks. We've been walking through the book of Acts for 12 weeks. Sometimes it was chapter by chapter, but more often it was more uh, story by story. And as I was thinking of our, our next journey, our next sermon series, I was thinking, okay, what is the title? I, I know what I want to talk about, but what is the title? And you could see up here, and you could see even on the environmental projection, um, that's the title. I, I also thought of the title, So What? Because isn't that the question of all of Scripture? We can look at those stories, we can see what happened 2,000 years ago, and we can ask the question, so what? So what about it for me? What does this mean? But I think we're past that. I think we, we know that there is a so what, but maybe we have more of a question of now what? This happened 2,000 years ago. There were some first followers that were all excited about Jesus, all excited about the gospel, and they decided to give their life in service of this gospel, and they shared it with such zeal and fervor and passion and, uh, and just an amazing story. But here we are now, and the question is, now what? And so what I'd like to do is walk you through the, some of the scriptures we've seen in the book of Acts, and I'm not going to give any commentary, but then I'm going to have a running list of questions I'm going to walk through. So I just want you to look at these scriptures. I want you to especially pay attention to the parts in yellow and in bold, and I'm hoping that we're going to be able to answer these questions with no uncertain terms. So let's uh, walk our way through the scriptures. Uh, Acts chapter 2, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people, and day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. From Acts 6, the word of God continued to spread. The number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Acts 8. That day, a severe persecution began against the church in all Jer Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. Acts 9, so the church throughout all Judea and, and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Acts 13, when the Gen Gentiles heard this, they were glad and praised the word of the Lord. And as many as been destined for eternal life became believers. Thus the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. Acts 28. He, Paul, lived there in Rome two years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. 
So now the questions. Who's at work? Who's too far away? Who's got the job? Who matters? What's at stake? What have I got to offer? And what have I got to lose? And let me just walk through them. I hope you saw that in the scriptures because I do believe that God's word speaks boldly and directly regarding the now what. First off, who's at work? Do you remember? The Lord added daily to those being saved. So it's the Lord's work. He's the one that is doing his thing and he happens to use people like you and me. Who's too far away? If you noticed it, I said that even the priests were coming to faith. Now, who were they? They're the ones that understood um, Judaism. They were part of that whole religion and culture. But then when they got confronted and when they saw the gospel of Jesus, they put their faith in him. So even people who you would think that would never, ever come into the faith were coming into the faith. And then the other scripture, remember, there was the scattering. There was persecution going on. And so people kind of scattered because they were afraid. God used that in order to bring the gospel to all different parts and regions because he wants everyone to be saved. Who's got the job? It said these unschooled, and, and there's another version that says ruffians. These uneducated, least likely people were the ones that God decided to call into this ministry and into the mission of the church. So who's got the job? Um, all the educated people, all the people that know all the books of the Bible, the people who, you know, have their act all together, the answer is no, because it's people like you and me today. Um, who matters? Everyone. And I'll just make it a, a very strong statement. There's not a person on the face of the earth that Jesus doesn't want to save. He wants all to come to the knowledge of his love and his grace. What's at stake? There was one of the verses that the word eternity was in yellow and in bold. Eternity is at stake, which means heaven or hell forever. Heaven is being with Jesus forever. Hell is knowing that you're not going to be with Jesus forever. So the stake is high. What have I got to offer? Remember Paul? Paul kind of put it all in, whatever he had it and, and was blessed with, and he welcomed everyone that came to him. And then what do I have got to lose? Really, we kind of lose ourself, but we gain the glories of heaven. So here are the questions, and I'm going to say this. When we have these answered in our hearts, not just in our minds, I think something great's going to happen. Let me say it again so you can really hear it. When we're ready and willing and able to answer these questions in our hearts, something great's going to happen. In fact, then I think when we look at a verse like Matthew chapter 28, we're going to realize that it's me that's being called to do this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And then I didn't put the, the end part, but it's so true, where Jesus said, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, that's ultimately what Brandt just professed, that what happened in his baptism, the grace of God that was given to him, he's going to hold on to because Jesus holds on to him forever. So, so what, now what, I want to tell you a story. And every good story starts with once upon a time, right? Well, once, and this is a, this is a true story. And I'm going to walk you through it. You're going to see some pictures. You're going to hear some story. And then at the end, I hope it makes sense to you what the story's about. So, Slovakia, all right? Somewhere in Europe, way over there. A long time ago, somebody lived. And I, and I don't have his name. This is not his actual picture. But he was an Orthodox rabbi Jew. And, and you know what that is, right? It's, it's those people who take the, the law of God from the Old Testament and they live it out literally. 
I mean everything. They, you know, when you're a rabbi, orthodox rabbi, you don't shave the, the, the temple hair. You let it grow down. Um, they wear black. Uh, when it's Sabbath, they don't do any, 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 any work, which means when you go to the temple or the synagogue, you walk, and you can only walk so many steps. I mean, they took everything literally. So once upon a time, there was this orthodox Jewish rabbi. Again, this is not the real picture. Probably in the 1800s, early 1800s, we don't have a, a picture of him. Um, he had a son. It's probably not the, the picture of, of the son either, but we're going to get to real pictures soon. Um, and he had, a, he had a son. And they had some children too. And here's where we get to a real picture. And this kind of looks like the 1800s too. Um, here's a picture. And this person is named Carl. So let me tell you a little bit about Carl. Carl grew up in that household, right? His grandfather was an Orthodox rabbi. And as he was growing up, there were some in the family that thought Carl should be a rabbi. And yet, one of his brothers said, no, no. Carl, you should be a businessman. That, that's really suited for you. So he ended up going that path. And he went from Slovakia to Germany. And when he got to Germany, things didn't go as planned, and it was a little difficult, and he was in hard times. Well, a family happened to take him in and brought Carl into their home. And this family happened to be Christians, not Jews. And through the course of time, we don't know exactly how everything played out, but after seven years, this man, as a young man, believed in Jesus and put his faith in Jesus and was baptized. His life was turned upside down. Amazing, right? Well, the story continues, right? So there's, so that's Carl. And then we get to the, the next, quote, generation. And this is Martin, all right? This is a son of Carl. This is Martin. And Martin had a whole bunch of kids here. And one person in particular is over here, and his name is J. George Hauser, okay? And then we get to the next picture, and maybe if you look close enough, you're going to kind of figure this out. So here's J. George Hauser, a little older, and they have five children, and one of them happens to be Kristen Mary Hauser. And some of you know the story. I kind of ran into her in, uh, after high school. My heart just started beating strongly for her. And um, we started dating, got married. And as a result of that, we were blessed with uh, seven kids and some uh, spouses, um, grandkids. There's seven here. We have eight. Um, what an amazing uh, blessing. So here's what I want you to just try on for a second. Do you think that that family in Germany had any idea how far-reaching sharing the gospel of Jesus was? Do you think that they understood that, I don't even know how many years later, that there'd be somebody up on a stage telling the story of how the gospel can change a life? Honestly, I don't know what my life would be like without Kristen. You know, I know I wouldn't have my kids, these grandkids. It would be dramatically changed. But the best part about her and the best part of the story is that there is a God who cares about eternity, a God who cares about what happens. Yes, on this earth, but ultimately in the glories of heaven. It really does matter. So the so what that is still begging to be answered is it matters when we share Christ. It makes a difference for generations to come. So now what? Well, hopefully, uh, God will give us the faith, the courage, the strength to be able to be bold and to proclaim the love of Christ. But there is, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. 
that God would plant that seed in our heart, that we would have a zeal, a fervor, a passion, so that everyone can know Jesus. And that not one person would miss out on eternity with him. But it's not so easy. So I want to share with you two statistics that is true, and maybe you can look at your own life and, and maybe ask the question. Um, in church studies, you know, when they look at people who are Christian, the longer you are a Christian, okay, once you profess Christ, the longer you are a Christian, the less passion for the lost you have. And I'm going to say this is not, this is not, um, this is, this is uncomfortable for me. When I first met Jesus, and had a personal relationship with him, it was a 24-7 thing. I was always looking for an opportunity to share Christ with anybody. It didn't matter who they were, what color, what age, what circumstance of life. I couldn't wait to do that. And that passion was, was hot as can be. But now over time, I'm a little bit more calculated. I still love Jesus. I still love the lost. But my passion isn't the same. And maybe you can relate to that. But here's the second part that I think exasperates the problem. It just, it, it just makes it more of a difficulty. The truth is, the longer you are a Christian, it says church association, but let me back it up a little bit. The fewer unchurched people you come into contact with and that you relate with. Do you see a challenge here? It's a good thing to be in Christ. But for whatever reason, and I'm going to say it's sin, my sin, your sin, our passion goes down, and so does our interaction with people who do not know Jesus. And, and I've heard it said, maybe you've heard it said, the church is the hope for this world today. Because for whatever reason, Matthew 28, Jesus said, here you go, here's the mission. Go and make disciples. And he gave it to people like you and me. But for whatever reason, this is what happens so often. So my prayer for us is that as we are confronted with this, that we do something with it. In fact, I'm praying that we would become a little bit more uncomfortable. And that we would have more passion to proclaim it to the lost. So here are the questions that are at stake. Who's at work? Who's too far away? Who's got the job? Who matters? What's at stake? What have I got to offer? What do I have to lose? I mean, these are the questions that are just right in front of us. And I do believe that when we answer these questions faithfully, it's going to start changing our 24-7. I believe that as God brings the truth to people like you and me, we're going to be looking at our life differently. And we're going to be sharing. But I do believe, and this goes back to the Acts 9 passage. As we know Jesus personally, we have a certain peace. As we know Jesus personally, we're being built up. As we know Jesus personally, we're going to walk in the fear of the Lord. In other words, we're going to care about what he cares about. And when we put Jesus first, we're going to have the comfort and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit itself. All for what purpose? So more and more people can know Jesus. You know, two more scriptures for us to consider. In Acts chapter 19, it says, So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be awesome for the word of the Lord to grow in me and in you and that it would prevail in our culture, in our community, in this world? All the stuff going on with COVID and this election cycle, I'm hearing so much hate and disgust with each other. Can you imagine if the word of God would be more prevalent? What would it do for us in this world we live in? And then this scripture, Acts 4, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. My prayer for, I'm going to say for me and for you as my brothers and sisters, is as the word of God 
becomes more prevalent in us, we, we, it's almost as if we can't, we can't hold back. That we're going to want to speak and to act in a way that's going to give God glory. We're going to speak and act in a way that's going to affect people that may be even our enemies. Because remember, God's desire is that no one would perish, but that all would come to know him. So may God's spirit work within you, within me. May we as a church become more dynamic in Columbus, Nebraska, and this world. All for the glory of God and to further his kingdom. In the name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen. Lord, you have given us the great privilege of coming to you in prayer. And so we come now with the prayers of the 1C family and prayers for those in our community. We ask you to hear us, Lord, and answer. A prayer for a family to be held in your hands as they continue to have faith that their father would be healed. Today's the eighth day on the ventilator and he's fighting for his life. So we pray for this family and we pray for all of the nurses and the doctors attending to this dad. A prayer for healing for Nadine. Prayers for my daughter to open her heart and let me see my grandbabies. I haven't seen them for months and my heart is breaking. Prayers for my son for his anxiety. He is going through a lot. Prayers for my son. God, soften his heart to acknowledge you as his Savior. Prayers and thanksgiving for my dear friend Kate. Lord, we offer a prayer for a dad whose heart to be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Create faith in this dad. We continue to pray that there be healing after surgery that recovery would be quickened. Lord, help my finances, calm my fears and nerves. Thank you, Jesus. Please continue to protect and guide my family. Please keep us out of harm's way and help us to live a life that is pleasing to you. We lift up a prayer for a daughter who's recovering from hip surgery. We pray that you would help her, Jesus, physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. And finally, Jesus, we pray for a mom who was just pronounced cancer-free. We pray for the last few surgeries that she will undergo. And in addition, for an aunt who's having medical issues, that they can find an answer. And we pray for our son to grow and continue to be healthy. We thank you, Jesus. You have heard us. You know these prayers. You know how to just wrap them up and carry them and deliver your answer. And so we close with the prayer that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Invite you to please take the elements out at this time. And, and as we begin communion, the first thing I'm going to do is share with you the scripture in which we find the instruction of Jesus regarding this meal. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, 
you would take the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, take the juice, the wine. Take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. We pray. Jesus, you are amazing. You uh, reach down from heaven to us here right in one sea in Columbus, Nebraska. And you, you reach out to wherever we are in this world. And, and you, you feed us, you nurture us, you care for us. And we thank you that in this meal, not just bread and wine, but it's your body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for all that you just did and what you continue to do with your people. We pray that this meal would strengthen our faith and trust in you, that we would live in a way that would honor you. Jesus, we pray this in your holy name. Amen.
glad you're with us in worship today. Uh, come on back and let's keep celebrating the good and gracious God that we've come to know. A couple quick announcements for you. Uh, let me just say the importance of knowing and studying <clears throat> the scriptures. It is life-changing, life-transforming. And I don't know what your, your uh, personal experience is, but I'll just say the times in which I feel more connected with him is when I'm in the word. So, we have so many different offerings here at 1C. We have men's studies, women's studies, kids' studies. We have some online and some in person. Um, exploration, which is a Wednesday night experience, has something for everybody. So if, if, you, if you're looking for something to do and to learn God's word more, please, please, you know, look here at 1C. We would love to walk with you as you study God's word. All right, Greg. Yeah, and actually thinking about the now what also, we also have opportunities for you to gather with other people, uh, to be equipped to live on mission, and also to go and experience mission together in community. Um, if you'd like more information on that, stop by Next Steps. It's on your right before you exit the main door. See me. I'd love to talk to you more about that. We also have opportunities this Sunday, or this next Sunday, um, with a new disciple launch. So if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church, our mission, our vision, our history, um, love to invite you to, to come to that next Sunday. Also, next Sunday we have a blood drive from 9 to 2. So it's a way that, that we can uh, serve others and help others um, that need the gift of blood. Um, there's more information at a table on the other side of that wall where you can sign up to give blood or to get more information. Good. Uh, I invite you at this time to please stand. I want to share with you the blessing that comes from God. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Two. 